glorifying the Lord Jesus, we have a lot to praise Him for. And I want to speak to you on that subject over the last several weeks since I've been here. We've been looking at different attributes of this man named Jesus and how, how wonderful He is. And how unlike Jesus is, is how, how, how Jesus is unlike any person that is either existing today or has ever existed. And we have looked at several different aspects. Today I want to draw this uh, series to a finish, a close. And we're going to look at His name. We're going to look at the unparalleled name of Jesus. The unparalleled name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I want you to take them to two places of Scripture. Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 26. And then also Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. And then we'll start at Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26. I'll pick up reading at verse 26 and read down through verse number 35. And we'll finish our reading there. Luke chapter number 1 verse 26. In the sixth day, uh, in the sixth month of, excuse me, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, uh, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call His name Jesus. And He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give uh, will give to Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of His kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. Go over to with me to Philippians chapter number 2. We'll pick up reading in verse number 5. The Apostle Paul is comparing uh, the mindset that we should have. It's to be like the mindset of the Lord Jesus. Look at what it says in Philippians 2.5. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped at, but emptied Himself and by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in in human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him, notice this, and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory 
of God the Father, the name above every name, the unparalleled name of Jesus. Clinton M. Howard was a preacher, a Bible lecturer, an orator, and a social advocate in the temperance movement in the early 20th century. He was the editor of Progress Magazine, the general superintendent of the International Reform Federation in Washington, D.C. And for five years, he was the chairman of the World Peace Commission. Now, Howard was in attendance at the, con- uh, at the conference for the limitation of armament called by then President Harding. Of course, at this time, the United States had just come through World War I and Harding was trying to get these nations to kind of come to some peace agreements, to lay down their arms and work together. On November the 12th, 1921, President Harding was addressing this massive audience in hopes of world peace uh, that were from all around the world. Well, Clinton and Howard was there. And so during the address, Clinton Howard noticed a man distinguished himself above all the others present. During the invocation, the opening prayer, this man, while all others stood and took their hats off, this man's large white turban remained upon his head. This man was dressed in oriental robes. He was dignified, stately, and mystic in his appearance. Howard discovered by whispering to those nearby that the man was a commissioner from India. He was a high caste prince from that mysterious land and he was also a Mohammedan nobleman. He continued, Howard continued to watch this guy as President Harding was addressing that crowd. And as he watched him, he noticed that the nobleman had a string of beads around his neck. And as uh, he was listening to Harding, this nobleman was taking those beads and fingering them through about around his thumb one by one. And as he was doing so, he was mumbling or whispering to himself. Clinton Howard could see this man's lips moving as he was fingering these, uh, these beads around his neck. A while later, Clinton Howard was introduced to this man. After the speech from President Harden, Clinton made a beeline for this guy and was looking to be introduced to him. And so after an introduction, Howard questioned, what is that string of beads around your neck? The Mohammedan said, string? This is not a string. And he pushed the beads apart, showing the character and the color of the cord that bind him. The Mohammedan said, this is a gold cord that binds my soul to my Allah God. And the beads, Howard asked, beads? These are not beads. These are gems, gems of glory. They are jewels, jewels of joy. These are pearls, pearls of paradise. This is my rosary. The Mohammedan went on to say that each one of the gems on that uh, beaded strand and the jewels and the pearls, 99 of them in all, represented the 99 names of his Allah God, the God of the Quran, the holy book of his religion. And as he was listening to this president's speech, 
and fingering those beads, he was whispering those names in worshiping his God a lot. And so, as they were talking there, then the man looked at Clinton Howard straight in the eyes, and he said, I challenge you, I challenge you, Christian, to match my rosary. He said, I have a better speaking acquaintance with my God, Allah, than you do with your Christ. I know my Allah by His full name, and I challenge you, match me gem for gem, jewel for jewel, and pearl for pearl. The sudden challenge startled Clinton Howard. It caught him off guard. Although he had been a Christian most of his life from his childhood up, and he was brought up in a Christian home where prayer and Bible reading were a set as, as importance, yet he, in that moment he could not meet that challenge of matching those names one for one. Clinton Howard, embarrassed from the meeting, uh, kind of made a quick exit, said his goodbyes, and left the encounter. But needless to say, the challenge bothered him. As he was on the train ride home, he opened his Bible and began to thumb through the pages of the New Testament, hoping that maybe, just maybe, that he could match the names of Jesus to meet the challenge of those 99 names for the God of that Mohammedan. And what he found was not only that Christ met that challenge, but far exceeds that challenge. Truly, the name of Jesus Christ is unmatched, unparalleled in human history. The name, His name reigns supreme above every name. And so, name. so what I want to do this morning is I want to look at different facets of the name of Jesus and the number of the names of Jesus and how that impacts our lives. So first of all, I want you to see as we look in this infancy at these early days of the Lord Jesus, I want us to make notice of the bestowing of the name of Jesus. The bestowing of the name of Jesus. In chapter number 1 of Luke's Gospel, we read of how this angel Gabriel forgave that first and foremost proper name of the Son of God. Although in the Old Testament, Jesus is often referred to as Messiah, as Shiloh or Emmanuel, it is not until we come to the pages of the New Testament that we encounter that given name to the promised seed of Abraham. That name by which we identify Him as a member of the human race. That given name. Not from the imagination of Mary and not from the imagination of Joseph, but a divinely given name. I remember uh, when Carrie and I were in our, in our early days of marriage, some of the most troubling times during our marriage was trying to come up with baby names. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, she would, we would pull out all the baby name books, go to all the baby name websites, and, and she'd suggest one, and I'd go, nah. And then I would suggest one, she'd go, nah. And then we'd go back and forth for six to eight months trying to come up with a name of this baby. Well, listen, that is not the case 
with Mary and Joseph, the name of Jesus was from divine origin. It was God that gave the name of Jesus. You see, later this angel, uh, Gabriel, informed Joseph's Mary, Joseph, Mary's betrothed husband, that he would be called Jesus. And for a very specific reason, in Matthew 121, it says that Je- he shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now in that divine message from that angel to Joseph, we find out something about the naming of Jesus. The naming of Jesus indicates something about His character. You know, the name Jesus is the New Testament or the Greekized name of the name Joshua in the Old Testament. Joshua, the name Joshua in the Old Testament, the Hebrew name Joshua means Jehovah saves. So from the very beginning of Jesus' life, the name Jesus defines something about His character or who He would be. His name is attached to a significant meaning. You know, that's not always the case with all of us. When I was born, my mom gave my mom and dad gave me the name Ronnie. Ronnie, if you look it up, or Ron or Ronald, it all kind of goes back to a name that means one of might and power. And I've been a pipsqueak all my life. <laughs> I've never been one that was of great might and power. You see, sometimes when you get certain names, it don't really work out. But when it comes to the name of Jesus, every name attributed to Him is a winner. It's dead on His character. It tells something about Himself. So from the beginning of His life, the name Jesus defines His character. Also, right from the onset, we realize that He is given a multiplicity of names. Do you remember when we read our text in in Luke chapter number 1? As we get down and this conversation ensues between Gabriel and this virgin named Mary, he, He says in... Verse number 31, that the angel said you'll call His name Jesus. And then in the next verse, He will be called the Son of the Most High. You skip down to verse number 35. He is then called the Son of God. He is given a multiplicity of names. So not just a single name of Jesus. He's given many titles, many names associated with Himself. You know, continuing to read down to verse number 35, He has given more heaven-sent names. He's called the Son of God. Go over to Luke chapter number 2. This is that famous Christmas text. You remember in Luke chapter number 2, we sit down every Christmas and read this together. In Luke chapter number 2, it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night and the angel Lord appeared unto them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were filled with great fear and the angel said to them fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of David what? A Savior who is Christ the Lord. So there's three names given there that weren't given in a previous section. 
Also in Matthew 1, 21 and 22, the author Matthew there references Isaiah's prophecy and says that his name shall be Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So here, in just these opening introductory moments of Jesus' life, He is given a number of names. He is Jesus. He is the Son of the Highest. He is Son of God. He is Savior. He is Christ the Lord. He is Emmanuel. Again and again, He's given a number of names. You see, Jesus is all these names. And from this point, we have our own Like the Mohammedan had, he had his rosary of 99 names. We have somewhat of the beginnings of our own rosary. Our own set of names by which we can worship our great God. And as we look through these heaven-sent names, not only from the first moments of His life, but down through successive Scriptures, we will quickly see that the name of Jesus Christ towers not only above all the names of Islam, but every name that has ever been named in the history of mankind. His name is a storehouse of wonder and grace that no one can compare to. And so we see even in the bestowing of His name, He he can be worshipped through them. Not only the bestowing of His name, but I want us to look at the beauties of His name. As we search the landscape of the Word of God, these few opening introductory names are just the beginning. As with God in the Old Testament, who in times past was known by a number of different names, each of which describing His character. So Jesus is also revealed to us in glory and splendor by the names that are attributed to Him and given Him throughout the Word of God. And each one represents and reveals to us the beauty of the only begotten Son of God. He is called Jesus, the young child, the holy child, the Nazarene Jesus of Nazareth. He is called Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord from heaven, the Lord of glory, the Lord of righteousness, the Lord of the holy prophets, Lord and Savior, my Lord and my God. He is called Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, Lord in Christ, the Lord's Christ, the Christ of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is called Jesus Christ the righteous, Savior, Emmanuel, teacher, Rabboni, master, governor, lawgiver, counselor, forerunner, redeemer, and Messiah. He is called Shiloh, the deliverer, the mediator, the intercessor, the wonderful, the Messiah and prince, a prince and a savior. He is called mighty to save. He is called the surety of a better testament, the just one, the holy one, the holy and just, the holy and righteous one, the holy one of God. He is called a witness to the people, the faithful and true witness the apostle and the high priest of our profession, a leader and a commander of the people, the consolation of Israel, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is called the first fruits, the first begotten, the everlasting father, the elect of God, God's elect, the branch of righteousness, the second Adam, and the last Adam. He is called the king of Zion, the king of the Jews, the king of Israel, the king of the saints, the prince of uh, prince, the prince of the kings of the earth, the, the king eternal, immortal, invisible, God. 
God manifest in the flesh. He is called the righteous judge, the judge of Israel, the judge of all the earth, the desire of all nations, the ensign of the people, the captain of the Lord's host, the banner on a high mountain. He's called the messenger of the covenant, the minister of the sanctuary, the author and finisher of our faith, the advocate, the advocate with the Father. He is called our peace, our ransom, our Passover, our great high priest, our high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, king of righteousness, king of Salem, king of peace. He is called the man Christ Jesus, a man approved of God, our elder brother, the firstborn among many brethren, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He is called the master, your master, your Lord and master, good master. He is the horn of salvation, the captain of our salvation, the brightness of the Father's glory, the glory of the only begotten. He is the image of the invisible God, the express image of His person, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the bridegroom, the beginning of the creation of God. And here, we have passed our Mohammedan's rosary 108 to 99. And we're still in the shallow end of the pool. He is called the way, the truth, the life, the tree of life, the word of life, the uh, the light of life, the bread of life, the prince of life, life eternal. He's called the water of life, the living water, the living bread, the bread which come down from heaven, the true bread from heaven, the hidden manna. He is the door, the door of the sheep, the chief shepherd, the good shepherd, and the great shepherd of the sheep. He is the shepherd and bishop of your souls, a lamb without spot or blemish, a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He is the vine, the true vine, the root of Jesse, the offspring, uh, the root and offspring of David. He is called the prophet of Nazareth, a prophet mighty in word and deed, a prophet of the highest. He is called the day star, the day spring from on high, the heir of all things. He is that rock, that spiritual rock, that rock of ages, a tried stone, a living stone, an elect stone, a sure foundation, a stone chosen of God and precious he is called I am he is the man of sorrows the friend of sinners the gift of God the unspeakable gift the blessed forever he is called the light of the world the quickening spirit the first fruits of them that sleep the the first begotten of the dead the resurrection and the life that's 167 if you're counting he is called the head of the corner the head of the church the head of every man the true light which lighteneth the eye of every man which cometh into the world he's called the rose of Sharon the lily of the valley the one altogether lovely. He's the fairest among ten thousands. He's the bright and the morning star. He is the power of God, the wisdom of God, the gift of God, the word of God, the image of God, the mighty God, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He's the blessed and only potentate. God with us. God our Savior. The only wise God our Savior. He is called the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Ancient of Days, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the Lord which is, which was and is to come. He is the Almighty. He is the Son of Mary, the Son of Man, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham, the Son of the Blessed, the Son of Righteousness. He is the Son of the Highest, the Son of the Father, the Son of God. He's the Son of the Living God. He's God's dear Son, God, the Son of His love, the only begotten Son of God. He is the Beloved Son in whom the Father is well pleased. That is 203 names for the one that walks with you every day. Every day this one that has all these names and all this character walks with you every day.
I have in my library more resources in depth than this list. And if time would permit, we could go on and on and on. But to be honest, the English language, the very text of the revealed Word of God confines and limits the names that are set for the character and the person of Jesus. No doubt the rays of His resplendent glory, the attributes of His towering character, the beauties of His name will far outnumber the stars in the heavens. You see, I firmly believe that throughout the ages in our heavenly land, in our heavenly eternity, there will be no end to what we learn about in the person, the character, who Jesus is. For on and on and on, we will learn more and more about who the Son of God, His person, His character are. Sweetest name on mortal tongue. Sweetest carol ever sung. Jesus, blessed Jesus, of the name, of the wonderful name of Jesus, the bestowing of which was from heaven and the beauties of which are without compare. The beautiful name of Jesus. The bestowing of that name of Jesus. Third of all, the bounty of the name of Jesus. You know, these names of Christ provide each and every blood-bought child of God a bounty of blessing. Like I told you moments ago, the one who has all these needs, I mean, all these names is the one that walks with you and meets every need of your life. From His names, we know that He is the mightiest in majesty. He's the strongest in sovereignty. He's the chiefest in capability. He's the greatest in generosity. To His omniscience, there is no orbit. To His excellency, there's no end. To His sovereignty, there's no shoreline. To His leadership, there's no limitation. To His dominion, there's no demarcation. To His compassion, no conclusion. To His blessings, no border. To His glory, there is no grave. His righteousness never Seeds, his loving kindness never lessens, his faithfulness never fails, his comeliness never collapses, his delightfulness never dwindles, his preciousness never perishes, his steadfastness never ceases, and his worthiness never wanes. No one precedes him, no one supersedes him, no one succeeds him, no one surpasses him, no one surmounts him, no one suspends him. He is merciful, faithful, holy, and harmless. He is separate, perfect, glorious, and mighty. He is justified, exalted, risen, and glorified. For every single one of us that know Him as Lord and Savior, He is my portion, my Maker, my Beloved, my Hope, my Brother, my Helper, my Physician and Refiner. He's my Purifier, my Master, my Example, my Shepherd and my Teacher. He's my Feeder, my Leader, my Restorer, my Resting Place, my Passover. He's my Peace. He's my righteousness of which I have none. He is my sanctification, my redemption. He is my Savior. 
His bountiful blessings are more to be desired than all the passing pleasures and rotting riches this world has to offer. He's bread when I'm hungry, water when I'm thirsty, healing when I'm sick. He's strength when I'm weary. He's wisdom when I'm confused, guidance when I'm lost. He's forgiveness when I'm sin. He is the answer to my every question. He is the fill-in of every blank in my life. His name is the only name for what ails the human heart. His name is is the only rescue for lost sinners and lukewarm churches. It is imperative that we as the people of God continue to call out on that name that is above every name. Keep calling out His name. I like this. I heard an old black preacher say this one time. I love it. Keep calling out His name until cold people warm up, until gospel people shut up, until dirty people clean up, until lazy people get up, until bitter people make up, until dead people liven up. Keep calling out His name until missing people show up, until wounded people heal up, until hopeless people look up. Keep calling out His name until the church is called up. Keep calling out the name of Jesus. Keep calling out the name of Jesus that the Apostle Peter was the only name that saves. Of that name that the early church counted it an honor to suffer and even die for. Keep calling out the name that Peter preached in Samaria and multitudes were converted. Keep calling out that name that Paul said would save whoever called upon it. Keep calling out that name that the Corinthian church was told watches, sanctifies, and justifies that mighty and majestic name of Jesus, the name that is far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. That mighty and matchless name of Jesus. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate for all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown Him Lord of all. The bestowing of that name was from heaven. The beauties of that name are seemingly without end. The blessings and the bounty of that name are innumerable. But also, I want us to look at the beckoning of that name. That takes us back over to Philippians chapter number 6. In this Philippian letter, The Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he gives in concise language that uh, that journey of Jesus from the highest and loftiest place in all the universe down to us. And in the, and, and how that he was the exact representation of the Father, co-equal with the Father, how that he emptied himself of of those godlike properties that could not be retained in a human body. He laid aside that visible glory to be veiled and to walk among us. Not only he did he become a man, he became a servant to men. Not only a servant to men, he became a sacrifice. For Paul said that he was obedient unto death, even that of a death on the cross. And because of this, in verse number 9, Philippians chapter 2, verse number 9, it says, Therefore, Paul makes a transition in his story of Jesus, how that He came to this earth and died on that cross for our sins. And therefore, what's it therefore? 
The Apostle Paul makes a transition because Jesus emptied Himself and became a servant. Yea, a sacrifice. God has exalted His name and given Him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. God has Raise the name of Jesus above all principalities and powers in every name that is named. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Now, I want you to understand something. And you know this right well. That is not the time in which we live. Would you agree with me? The name of Jesus today is blasphemed and despised. He is hated and rejected among all the nations. But there is coming a day and when all this world will see that name for what it truly is. The one true Lord over all things. That's what Paul is talking about here. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And in that instant, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One of these days, every king is going to bow the knee to Jesus. One day every queen will bow the knee. Every monarch will take the turn to bow the knee to Jesus. Every prime minister, every, every politician, every prime minister, every president will bow the knee. Every dictator will bow the knee. Every, uh, each and every ruler will bow the knee. Every scoffer, skeptic, atheist, agnostic, every God-denying liberal will bow to the feet of Jesus. Every Buddhist, every Confucian, every Muslim will take a knee at Jesus Christ. Every terrorist will bow the knee. Every Jew will bow the knee. Every Gentile will bow the knee. Every knee in Mecca will meet the ground at the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee in communist China will be humbled before Jesus' name. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue will bow the knee to Jesus. Even greater than this, every demon of hell who has, who has wreaked havoc upon churches and has made obstacles for the progression of the kingdom of God, every demon of hell will bow the knee to Jesus Christ. And there is also that good glad day when Satan himself, whose knee has never touched the ground until since he was booted out of heaven, one of these days, Satan Satan himself will bow the knee to Jesus Christ and with a hiss of his tongue and through his teeth grit this phrase, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Satan himself will bow the knee to Jesus Christ. It is the name of Jesus that not only is a comfort to us, is a blessing it may, it, his name meets all of our needs. It's not only a comfort to us, but it is a beacon of light beckoning the nations to a day of reckoning. The one question that will determine our eternal destiny is this. And this is the point of my message, so listen closely. What did you do with the name of Jesus. Did you use it as a punchline for your jokes? Did you use it as a byword? 
uh, for your filthy mouth? Did you ignore that name, refuse that name, relegate that name of Jesus to a place of insignificance or irrelevancy? Or have you revered that name? Have you loved that name? Have you embraced that name? Have you hung that name over the entry of your heart and life? Have you endeavored to make that name known, to honor that name, uh, to have and cherish that name above all other names? Peter was charged not to preach in the name of Jesus and his response to that was this, and there is salvation in none other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus is the only name that saves. It's the only name that reaches down and cleanses a heart and chains an eternal direction. It's the only name that saves. What have you done with the name of Jesus? What have you done with His precious name? To close, oh, the wonderful name of Jesus. Sweetest name on mortal tongue. Sweetest carol ever sung. Jesus. Blessed Jesus. The name of Jesus is truly a name like none other. A name that exceeds all the combined glories of all of human history. It towers over the universe that was created by Him and for Him. It is only that name, the name of Jesus, when whispered in the hour of death, can snatch a helpless soul from the jaws of hell. It is only that name that changes lives. That name alters eternal destinies. It's only the name of Jesus. One of my favorite characters from church history is a man by the name of John Newton. John Newton was, I won't go into all of his story, we'll be here for a while. John Newton was a wicked sailor that God saved and changed his life. And God used him to write the song Amazing Grace, basically recounting his conversion story. But he wrote another, a number of other hymns, one of which goes this way, How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in the believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows and heals his wounds and drives away his fear. It makes the wounded spirit whole and calms the troubled breast. Tis manna to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. Weak is the effort of my heart and cold my warmest thought. But when I see thee as thou art, I'll praise thee as I ought. Listen to this. Till then, I would thy love proclaim with every fleeting breath and at the music of thy name refresh my soul in death. I tell you, as my daddy used to sing when I was a little boy, there is truly something wonderful about the name of Jesus. That name above every name. That name that is unparalleled in time and history. The name of Jesus. Let's all stand. Take your hymnal. And turn to page number 143. 143. My Jesus, I love Thee. Maybe you're here today, and to be honest, 
you have taken that name of Jesus and you have placed it on the back shelf of your life. You have taken that name that is above every name and actually used it as a curse word. Used it as a, a word, a byword of disgust. Listen to me. That name of Jesus is to be prized because in that name is everything that our hearts and lives need. That long list of things that I call that long list of titles, He fills every void and every, every need in our life through His character and His person of who He is. If you're here today and you've never laid hold of that name as your Savior and Lord, I beckon you, I plead with you to come and know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. My Jesus, I love thee. Brother, you want to go ahead. My Jesus, I love thee. One, maybe two verses, your opportunity to respond here at the altar or right there in your seat. Call upon that name, that name that saves.